Okay. Thank you so much, Elon. Um, and greetings to everybody that has joined the call. We want to thank God for the privilege that he's given us to be here. I believe he predestined us for this time and he knew that we would be sharing, that all things would be at this level. I want to thank God for the opportunity of having joined prayer school in 2018. Um, I did not, I had always wanted to join intercessors for Uganda, but um, everybody who promised that they would link me up never kept their promise. But at the right time when the Lord had prepared me spiritually, um, he connected me. That part of it I live for another time, but he connected me. And what I loved about prayer school is that there are a number of um, great, too many of us, things to do with covenants, things to do with spiritual warfare, uh, areas to do with uh, understanding of seasons and how to appreciate them. There's, there's somebody who was, um, someone who's deep in the faith, but confessed that she had never understood or even bothered it. It really would never make sense. But prayer school teaches you to pray, one, with understanding, two, with a biblical basis, biblical basis, just like the lawyers use the constitution or the laws of a country to challenge and to defend their, their client. So in the same way you get deeper in the word, prayer becomes so, so easier for you that when you come before God, you feel a connection. It is not just about um, saying words that are dry but you're able to connect with God, get encounters, begin to hear him speak to your life and issues uh, about your life, such that you, you do not need to run up and about and to look for people who you think are more established in prayer to do deliverance for you. You can actually do deliverance um, for yourself, except where you are too weak to do it. But uh, it helped me understand prayer and it made prayer very easy. And I know that many of us struggle uh, so much in the area of prayer. It is a challenge. Sometimes it does not come forth, but prayer school also teaches you to constantly be connected with God. Like we do not have to limit ourselves to specific times, but we must know that all the time, we must be um, alert and resistant as our topic this evening says. Thank you so much, Elon, for that opportunity and also for opening this evening's session in style and for the opportunity to just give my experience about prayer school. Let us pray. Um, our Heavenly Father and our Lord, the leader, the author of our lives, the God who knew that at this very moment uh, we would be here on this altar, would be at a different level as a church, going from one spiritual gear 
to the other. Your name is great, Lord, in our church, in our congregation. Your word for the last four years has continued to gain power in individual lives and in our congregation. And we praise your holy name for that. We thank you for the different ways in which you have spoken to us. You have changed lives. Sometimes we have not had sufficient time to give the testimonies and the changes that are happening in our lives. But we know that in other ways, Lord, this testimony is being given. When we see the Wednesday services so full with people up to the tents, including people from other churches that have made it a habit to at least have a test of what you are doing in All Saints on Wednesdays. Even the Tuesday meetings are the overnights which would struggle with you are changing us. And what is it, Lord, that you are asking of us? You're asking us to grow in spirit, to grow in character, to grow in our prayer life, to grow in the word. And you want our lives to be a living sacrifice, to be, to be an ever fresh incense before you that you just cannot ignore. My God and Father, as I share this evening, please make the word clear. I know that every time we speak like that, there's that person, that individual, or some individuals that, that you want the word for, and therefore do your work in their lives. Empty me of um, self-righteousness. Empty me of knowledge and the feeling that I know so much and others may not know anything. And Lord, just open my lips, release the words of my tongue that they may be a blessing to your children that are here. We pray this trusting and believing in the wonderful name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Uh, brothers and sisters, you're very welcome to this evening. As Elon already introduced, uh, we are looking at the topic. Uh, the main theme is building spiritual resistance. And then the theme we are looking at is resisting and being on your guard, which is taken from the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, from verses 14 to 18. But I know that sometimes um, when we start, one of the things I have learned from my study of the word is that there's a reason why we have different headings, subheadings, chapters, verses, like each one is introducing something and calling the reader's attention. And therefore I'm going to request you to allow me start from the beginning and then I will stop. Um, I think it is short enough for us to go through all of it. The word of God, um, from the letter of P Second Peter chapter 3. And this letter is about the day of the Lord. It says, dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to hold some thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets 
and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters, also the world of the time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly. Uh, let me just talk about those first uh, verses that I have read. Um, what it is actually saying is that the word of God has been spoken, but there are those that scoffers would be people who treat the word of God lightly, uh, who make fun of it, uh, who think that these words were spoken. You know, we, we see all this evil around us, and which is what some of us, even as we continue coming into fellowships, whenever we go and we listen to news, we listen to conversations of people, we see a state of helplessness. And perhaps we are also like the scoffers, saying, where is this coming that he, he, he promised? And, but the Bible is reminding us here that these very words were spoken long ago and they were spoken by the prophets, but they were also spoken by the apostles. And it gives um, an example of the beginning of creation where the Lord spoke his word and earth came into being and the heavens also came into existence and waters were formed. And then it continues to say that by the same word, the present heavens are reserved for fire. In other words, saying that judgment is inevitable, it will come. So um, verse eight says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Uh, verse 14 to 18, which is our focus. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. 
just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawlessness, men, and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Um, I think as the Bible talks of the scoffers, I did explain that scoffers are people who make the word of God seem to be a light thing or the gift of salvation to be something that is not important, something um, that does not make sense to them. And examples of scoffers in our day can be people who, are, who have listened to the word of God, but have continued to take on to wayward behavior, uh, who are in a state of lawlessness. We mentioned some of the things or examples when we're praying, the immoral, uh, children who are, who are misled by the media, you know, to begin to question God's existence or by materials that they read uh, from conversations with friends, youth that take into a life where they feel that they have arrived and they can, as, as, as they are told to say, or as they say amongst themselves, I can do what I want. I can stand up for my rights. We have examples of false teachers. Uh, we know many, many of them around us we have examples of lawlessness seen in homes where there's no leadership. Homes um, that are unparented, where um, husbands and wives uh, do not play their role as leaders or do not live an exemplary life. Therefore, uh, as children are, so they are. We have people who have been the other scoffers would be people who have been given opportunity and time to put their lives right with God, but they are not, uh, they are not getting serious about it. They are not making their mind uh, about it. And so um, Peter writes in verse 17, telling us that such will be the people or the happenings or the world around us will be like that. But he says that since we already know this, we should be on our guard so that we may not be carried away by the error of lawlessness and a fall from your secure position. Um, we see a lot of lawlessness around us. And recently there's a vid, uh, clip that has been making rounds where a white man was speaking and he actually reminded me that in the different generations of life, even the generations in the Bible, uh, somehow, even when the prophet spoke, as we read at the beginning of that scripture, and also um, the word of the apostles, the coming of the, of the Lord, the first coming of the Lord as Savior, they have always been people 
who have gotten the word and they have always been people who scoff. And then there's also another category of people who are neither or they don't belong anywhere. They just live their lives as a natural man would live their lives. And, but the Bible reminds us to focus on the purpose of God so that our standing with him is firm. Uh, Peter writes this letter, or he wrote this letter at a time when Christians at the time of Emperor Nero were also going through the same time. And it is just about the time he was also killed for the purpose of uh, defending the gospel and trying to teach believers, warning them about, about false teachers and also comforting those that were in the midst of suffering. And we have people like that, homes, families where uh, children have given us up on parents and vice versa. And we see lots of false teachers who have claimed to have the truth, teachers who seem to know the formula of reaching God as, as um, or, or formulas of reaching God. And they're the ones who tell you what to do, how to pray, what time to pray, which scriptures to, uh, to, to quote, which biblically may have some truth in it. But as we are being encouraged to be alert, uh, we have to be mindful of how those scriptures are being used. Uh, there are those that, especially on, on YouTube, I have seen a number of quotations or, or, or the, the command your day and so on. Uh, you have people who say, pray like this, if you experience this, pray at midnight in this manner. And most of the preaching is like motivational preaching. And at the end of it all, many of us use the word of God just for quick relief. And because we desire miracles and quick wins, but we forget about the basic foundation of the word of God, which is one of the things, uh, uh, the basic foundation, which is the word of God, repentance and living a holy or a life of sanctification, which is one of the things, if you've never joined prayer school, that you will love, learn, and you'll find very inspirational and life-changing to your Christian life. Um, we, we, we need the word of God. The Bible clearly tells us that the word, prayer, are, are areas that, that no Christian should be lazy at. And Paul even goes further to say that physical exercise is good, but spiritual exercise is even better. So physically, the way we take care of ourselves, that when we are hungry, we eat when we are thirsty, we drink. When we feel fatigued or unfit, we do exercises. When we are sick, we go to the hospital. In the same manner, we need to use the word of God and grow in it. But also sometimes, um, like the scripture has just told us that there are writings, I think that was verse 16, that there, there's a way Paul expressed himself that was hard to understand and people who are unstable uh, would tend to distort what he had said. So there's, there are sometimes scriptures that do not make sense in, in the word of God, but until you pray, the Lord opens your eyes to understand 
and your, the eyes of your understanding. Um, I, I'll give an example. Um, in 2020, the Lord led me for two months to go through the book of Song of Songs. Now that's a book I would always find myself, you know, running over quickly because of the erotic language that is in it. But at that time, the Lord opened my eyes and started helping me to understand uh, how God's family in heaven, God the Father, Son, and uh, the Holy Spirit, how that family in heaven is arranged in hierarchies. And the same hierarchy is um, replicated in the life of Jesus and his church. And then again, the, uh, and, and, and the world, or those who do not know the word that he is, um, that we partner with, uh, he, uh, with him to bring to him. But the same relationship between Jesus and his church and the world is also uh, replicated in a family life where you have a wife and then representing um, children being the church that is out, that we need to raise um, in the fear of God, teaching them his, um, his precepts so that they can grow up, not forgetting. So when he took me through uh, Song of Songs, I actually realized he helped me see that the language there in another way, although it was told of Solomon, on his wedding day and his bride, but it also represents the love that God wants you and I to have towards him. A love that longs for him, a love that looks out for him, a love that cannot do without him, a love, a longing that cannot go to bed without you know, the thoughts of him saturating your mind. So when we pray, um, God takes us to another level of understanding scriptures. And in that way, our level of alertness, our level of understanding, our level of recognizing some things that in the past to us were not seen uh, begins, to go, begins to go at another level. Um, among the scoffers, we also see... Um, one of those that I was thinking of, or some of the examples I was thinking of in our own country, when the Bible say, uh, talks about false teachers and tells us to be alert and to resist, are sometimes some of the places where uh, we have crowds. At, at one point, I was working with a Christian organization and somebody from one of these uh, churches that are flooded, ministries that are flooded, with many people came and wanted partnership. They had an event and he was telling me that um, this is the event of events. It's the best event in the country, in the city. And every meeting has over 30,000 people. So I was saying, so as a church, uh, how does the organization I work for benefit from partnering with you? So he mentioned the names of the companies that would be there. Some of them, of course, were not uh, like Christian-founded companies. And then he was telling me, for this amount of money, you'll get this number of mentions by the MC of the day. And then I told him, okay, this cannot work here. Uh, we cannot get into partnership with you. But we have those kinds 
of people who make light of the word of God. They have taken it for their own benefit and they will give, um, they'll do all sorts of things. Uh, we see them manifested in um, them choosing strategic grounds um, for their ministries. Um, in prayer school, those are some of the things that you will learn. Why, why maybe a false, a false pastor, a false teacher of the word of God would um, have his meetings in a particular place. At one point, I was prompted um, to think about I was passing around Mulago. And in me, the spirit says, have you ever asked, wondered why, you know, this particular minister has his ministry? You know where there are coffins and facing what you would call the, the door, the entrance, the, the exit to the mortuary. And so prayer school will raise your antenna when it comes to being alert on some of these things that you and I may have taken for granted. We see places where people now call, like people are desperate to reach God, but unfortunately they have taken to putting men of God to be their Jesuses, to be their bridge to reaching God. They have given them names. They have called them their spiritual fathers. They have called them their papas. Like the words are just not enough. My prophet, my so many words, my, uh, they have dedicated this nation to some of them. So the Bible is telling us watch and pray so that we do not fall into temptation. And Jesus warned us and say that they will say he is here and they will run following him. And we see this uh, amongst us. Uh, but let me just say something. Amongst us, uh, with all these good teachings that we have had, there could be people who are also still running up and down wherever there's a spiritual happening. You know, that is where they want to go. But the Bible warns us about such, about divination, about idolatry, about necromancy. And we need to learn to have a personal relationship with God that can only come when we understand a scripture like what Peter has written to guide us. For after all, the Bible tells us in Timothy that all scripture is written and inspired you know, by God, by his Holy Spirit, and it's good for teaching for, for, for rebuking, it is for guidance. The Bible tells us that his word is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. So we have many teachers, preachers who are clamoring for attention. They, have, they even have one of those uh, when it comes to being alert is uh, for me was when the Lord opened my spirit to the billboards that people put up, you know, you have a big picture of, of the pastor, of another coming from Texas and wherever, and your promised miracles. The Lord told me that I need to be careful or we need to be careful about such. Because in a way, if you're somebody who is spiritually sensitive, if uh, you will realize that people, people come, because there's a powerful pastor coming, because there's a powerful man of God. But the focus on God could be working in that fellowship, in that ministry, in that conference or convention 
is, is lost. And so we need to be very, very careful, even in the way uh, we run as a church. Um, again, coming to being a lot, I know we're in times when we want to copy some of the things that we see in the world that help, you know, ministries to remain marketable. So as a church, what are those that the Lord would probably bring into our spirit um, that would need to be careful about, or in your personal life, where you get invitations, what are some of those things we use uh, for, for marketing or for passing on information that when we test against scripture or when we see the way people respond to them, we realize that their focus is on those material items and not uh, on coming to God. When a congregation is coming to God, uh, there are different, our language, our testimonies, our prayer lives change. Uh, from having um, the person at the pulpit struggling with prayer or in prayer alone, you see that there is an affirmation <clears throat> from the congregation and the, there's a connection in the spirit. I've seen um, things like men of God now taking to or their congregations as a way of exalting them uh, seemingly above God. I've seen people who celebrate birthdays on the altar. You know, I have seen um, where gifts or some level of honor is given to the man of God. I have seen children of ministers. Um, of pastors stopping a worship session, stopping a traffic on the road just to propose to a girlfriend. So for us as a church, um, these are some of, the, some of the things we need to keep an eye on and not just allow you know, that to come into our lives. But also at a personal level, there are many other forms of idolatry. And from prayer school, I learned or we learned that idolatry is anything that removes your focus, my focus from God. It can be your makeup, it can be your dressing, it can be your friend, it can be your husband, your parents, your children. You are so obsessed that when it comes to those things, uh, what the word of God says, when, or when there's, there's a fellowship, you even leave the fellowship, you cannot attend the fellowship because you do not feel smart enough. You should have put on the other dress so that you make a statement. So um, the Bible warns us uh, in, in the book of Peter, especially women, about adorning ourselves. But I believe there are also scriptures that relate um, for men where the Bible says men should not put on women's clothes and women should not put on uh, a, man's a man's clothes. Now, as we reflect on uh, being alert, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a man who finds a treasure in the field. When he finds it, he goes and sells everything to buy this field. And why did Jesus, Jesus say anyone who follows him must go and must must deny himself, carry his cross, and follow him. Look at, the, at his conversation with a rich young man. 
who was doing everything good, perhaps like you and I feel that we are doing. Uh, we come, we, we, we participate in Sunday service. You're part of a ministry, maybe choir or um, father's union, mother's union. And you feel by that you have this level of pride and satisfaction that you are following God. But Jesus looked at him and took pity on him because he focused on being good, but his heart was not on God. It was on other things. Uh, brethren, where we are alert and where we are resisting, you know, temptation and things of the world, their confessions, their declarations, their conversations, um, that and comments that leave our 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 lips. And um, one of the areas the Lord showed me in this last fasting that we did at the beginning of the year, um, for me that you could also think about in your personal life is uh, the loose words that we say, but particularly for me was when I have, when you have a problem and you, you're always quick to call on Elon, to call on any other brother or sister because you feel that they are deep in the faith. You have a problem at work, wherever with your child, you always want to run to somebody to, to, to help you. And so the Lord told me that even the devil, as the Bible says, uh, when the sons of Sceva came and they tried to chase the demons, the demon told him that Paul we know and Peter we know, but you who are you? Another good example is the story of the young boy who'd fall into a fit and the disciples failed to cast the demon out, but Jesus only spoke the word. So demons monitor us when we get into the habit of always running to somebody to tell our problem, at that particular time, uh, when the Lord spoke to me that I had an issue and I was burning to tell it to my sister because usually I would offload my problems on her. But the Lord say that when we, when we get into that kind of habit of telling out our problems and always looking for somebody to talk to, the demons monitor and the enemy knows how weak you are. It is, a way of, it is a way of showing that you lack faith in the word of God or in God himself. So let us learn to keep quiet. Actually in silence, the devil gets to know the secret, uh, like the, the suffering, the troubles that we go through less. But when our actions, when our words, uh, when our confessions, you know, come out, is able to measure how weak we are. And that is why when we pray, sometimes we do not get breakthroughs because in him he is saying, but I know you. The Bible says he's an accuser and he's, a, he's the accuser of brethren. And this morning when our brother, um, when our brother shared, he also did mention how when the sons of God presented themselves before God, Satan was also there to bring his report before the council of heaven. So from today, if you, you are in the habit 
of always something has happened, your husband has hurt you, your boss is doing this, you're quick to go around and talk, talk and talk and talk. Let us learn to limit our words. Even when we have seen a situation, one of my children always, when he sees a situation, he wants to comment. And I'm often telling him what you actually see, know that many other people have seen. It's not always necessary for you to, to talk about those things. You have to learn sometimes to keep quiet or before you say something, think about the awareness that the Holy Spirit is there listening to every conversation. Secondly, think about if a third party, there are these jokes that you can, you, you usually have between the two of you. But when a third party listens to the joke or conversation, you actually, they, for them, they wonder how you can talk about such things. So always put that kind of consciousness in you so that you're careful uh, what you talk about. But one that I would encourage you as a secret to being uh, is practicing talking conversations. Let our conversations be godly and those that build us in spirit. Let us get out of thinking that ah, some conversations like at family level, if we are talking about this, it is okay and it is normal. Let us get out of that. Um, so as I come to the conclusion, I just want to remind us of some of the key points that the scriptures that we've reflected on are trying to bring to us. One is that let every day of your life and every day of my life be focused on looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth so that your work or your everyday concern is in working hard, as Paul said, and laying down every sin that seems to hinder you and buffeting your body so that you are at peace with God and at peace with man. One of those I've tried to practice for years is talking less about people even when I know that what I'm talking is right or true or everybody knows it. I realize that it has lessened my troubles with people. Sometimes you speak something that you think even is positive, but when um, this person you're speaking with says it out or goes back and tells the other party, they could quote you out of context, uh, context and you, would, you may fall into trouble. So let us limit our words, let us focus. Um, the Lord showed me that we are ambassadors. When I was preparing for this, we are ambassadors on this earth. And many of us, but many of us forget that when an ambassador is sent to a foreign nation, their daily business is to ensure that the, the interest of the country, of the president, of the nation that has sent them are met and that they focus on meeting the objective or the mission for which were sent there. And therefore, as ambassadors, he sent us into the world, one, to represent his image, number two, to constantly bring the kingdom of God to the world. Long ago, when we would say the Lord's Prayer, and we say, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I used to, and perhaps some of you 
used to imagine uh, imagine that it will be in heaven but i realize you and i also contribute to bringing the kingdom of god on earth the bible tells us to set um as another um beefing of this to set our hearts on things above to store our treasures in heaven where no moth or rodent can destroy it let us get out of loving earthly things so much or too much be it your body be it your children the bible tells us the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures my my tagline in my whatsapp i changed it to to my faith has found a resting place last year i had an experience where the lord helped me realize how often we think that we are so righteous but when he he completely opens us out we realize how fallen we are and how many times we have not shown that level of faith when you have faith that finds a resting place you do not complain even when the world treats you bad you know you know that you have a god and when you come in prayer you know that your prayer is no longer a fight but you pray from the point of i know my redeemer lives uh, the last point on this is that we should not refute or mock or make mockery of the return of christ at least you have been given the opportunity so many times we have altar calls in all saints we have ministries that have given us this opportunity we have platforms like this deliverance and so on and i'm afraid some of us may begin to actually also make idolatry out of those deliverance sessions that you think it's a session that will deliver you instead of raising your faith instead of living a right a life that is upright that is repentant as god requires of us ensuring that we are at peace with him as the scripture said at the beginning so we need to see everything in the light of the eyes of god or the scripture that they have um, that has been given to us um if we don't believe the word at least let us remember uh those that have gone before us those that have died that when they have died there are not so many records of people who have come back to life especially those that have been buried we read about lazarus and uh, jesus in the bible as those that were covered but came out then we read about docas uticas uh and then the the children that elijah and elisha brought back to life and we know that once people are gone they are gone so the bible is saying you and i have been given god has been patient as we read and therefore we need to keep that reality of christ coming at least if we are failing in everything let that challenge us to always keep our lives ready and be on guard um and finally is that as i was preparing for this i also i think made a conclusion which i'll continue to test that our greatest enemy is our flesh and the only enemy we are probably fighting is our flesh because it is our flesh that causes us to sin that causes us to be tempted and therefore uh we need the, when the bible says resist it means the lord knows that we have some level of power 
or he has empowered us, you know, um, enough. He says he has given us the scripture and he says that his word is not too far, too high up in the heavens or beyond the seas that someone has to bring it to us. So he has given us all that it takes, you know, to, for right living. And therefore we need just to get out of uh, uh, the long life, the long time we have spent being spiritually immature and thinking somebody else will pray for us or some of, somebody will do deliverance or thinking that because we keep coming to the altar, maybe the word will deliver me. No, it has to start with us uh, responding to the message and deliberately taking action. Taking action. So we need to refrain. We know the things that the word of God and also through revelation, we have gotten and we know that they are bad. We just have to take action. So I want to thank God and I hand over back to Elon. Thank you so much for listening. Praise, praise the name of the Lord for his word. And uh, thank you, thank you very much, uh, our sister. Dorcas for allowing the Lord to, to use you. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's let's give thanks to the Lord for his word. And then so let's uh, receive the word of the Lord. Our gracious Father and Lord and King and Shepherd and Friend. Oh, how we are delighted this evening to sit at thy feet taking the posture, the kind that Mary took and to listen to your word through your maiden servant, uh, Sister Dorcas. We bless your holy name because you reign and you are God Almighty. None is likened unto you. And uh, Lord, we, we receive this word, this word concerning your return concerning how the posture that we ought to have even as we wait for you, Jehovah God. Lord, we speak that blessing, your blessing, O oh God, that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow upon your, your daughter, maiden servant, Jokas, uh, and her family, Titus and the children, and the entire household. of. Uh, Entire family, Lord, release them into the next dimension of faith. Release them into the next glory. Release them to experience your goodness like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, even as we pray that prayer, uh, we also pray in the name of Jesus that each and every one that has dialed on to this call, that has listened to your word. Uh, that they too shall partake of that same blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word, uh, Paul, Peter's second letter, second Peter chapter three, uh, verse 14, the text that we've been focusing on. We thank you indeed. And we come to you in the name of Jesus. That, Father, will you have mercy upon us 
as your word says that we ought to make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with you. Lord, we ask and we plead, we plead with thee for, for your grace and your mercy and your pardon. Where we have, uh, instead of making every effort, we have made no effort. We've done the great commission to the great omission. Forgive us, deliver us, have mercy upon us, ancient of days. Mm. Lord, where we have uh, we have settled for sports, we have settled even when there are gaps in our lives. Instead of making effort to address the gaps, to address the sports, to address the wrinkles, where we have settled with lives that are full of blame instead of being blameless, where we have not... Uh, uh, you know, sought peace with our our neighbors, our brothers and sisters. Lord, have mercy upon us in the name of Jesus. Lord, you thank you for your word that you have spoken to us that we ought to bear in mind you, that your patience means salvation. That you are waiting, you are patient waiting for men and women to be saved. Lord, I lift up my voice this evening in the name of Jesus. Lord, pleading with you that, Lord, will you save, save us, save members in the congregation that have not given their lives to you, save members of our families that have not given their lives to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you will empower us by your spirit to Keep this posture to bear in mind, to be alert, to be watchful, knowing that at any given time, Lord, you shall return for you, the church, your church, your bride, one without wrinkle or sport in the name of Jesus. My Father, my God, we continue to look to you indeed for your promise as we look forward to this new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells, where there is no guilt, there is no sin, there is nothing. Father, Lord, we look to this. We look to you, Abba, Father. We look to that time. We look to that promise in the name of Jesus. Your promise is sure. Your love endures. You are the good God. You are the good God. Lord, I pray that you will empower us by your spirit to be on our guard so that we may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and heretic, cultic, occultic. Lord, empower us that we will not by any chance, by in any way, not even our loved ones, we will not fall prey, we will not fall in error, especially of these things that have uh, arisen. To you, Abba Father, we look to you, ancient of days. That's why we would spend this time together a court in the presence. We would spend this time together, calling upon your name. Lord, I pray for, for grounding, that Lord, you will ground us, that we will be secure. We will not fall away 
from our secure positions in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are more than able to cause us to be watchful, to be on guard in the name of Jesus. To be on guard. Thank you, Abba Father, that, that you reign and uh, you are the excellent one. You are the one that is all powerful by your spirit. You are you empower us that we are able to overcome troops in the name of Jesus. You train our hands for war, you train our fingers for battle. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you have reminded us to guard our mouths, to guard our tongues, to guard our conversations, to guard our utterances. Lord, just yesterday, you were speaking to me and to us in the fellowship that death and life lie in the power of the tongue. Lord, remind us continually on what we ought to say, that it has power. It has power to, to, to change, to, to, to make a difference. Our confession, that we are ambassadors. We are your ambassadors here on earth. We are your representatives. To some of us, we, we could be the only Bible someone is reading. Lord, remind me of that in the community you placed me in. Lord, I pray that as we live our lives in the name of Jesus, as we live our lives, we shall live with the full knowledge that indeed, our treasure, our treasure is in heaven, not here on earth, in heaven. Even so is our conversation. Lord, that indeed, as, as our sister has shared about her status, that indeed our faith has found that resting place. That resting place. Our faith has found that resting place. In Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Abba Father. Lord, at times we have mocked your working, your doing. You have mocked even your second coming. Pardon and deliver us. Pardon and deliver us, ancient of days. Oh, sweet spirit, how we long for you. How we long to hear your voice. How we long, how we desire to, to, to be with you. I pray, Father, that you will inscribe this word on our lips. Inscribe this word on our lips, Abba, Father. King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, I pray that you'll enable us to make the most of the times, to make the most of the programs that the church has placed, has put in place. Whether it is a discipleship, the Bible study, the prayer school, Lord, enable us that we will be teachable. We will look out for opportunities to learn, to study your word, to be taught in your word. 
as we prepare and wait, as we wait for your second coming, as we wait for your second coming, Abba Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Abba Father, that you are in control. And now, Lord, I thank you for our leaders that you have given to us as a cathedral. I bless you, O oh God, for our provost. I bless you, O oh God, for our assistant provost. I bless you, O oh God, even for our bishop of the Diocese of Kampala and assistant bishop. Bless them and bless their families. Continue to use them. Bless the, the clergy team in the name of Jesus. Bless the council, the lay ministers, in the name of Jesus. Lord, even as we continue to trust you, as we continue to wage war, yet not in flesh, but in the spirit, that, Lord, we shall continue to sit at thy feet to be ministered to so that we will be able to minister. Thank you, Abba Father. Lord, we are launching the professionals' ministry. I pray that the professionals in the cathedral shall get the burden to be equipped and also to, 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 desire, to desire to reach out to fellow professionals in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, even for the planned ministry, the planned training over the weekend. Lord, I ask that will you, will you, oh God, bring the kind of people that have the heart and passion and desire to be part of what you are doing. We give you praise and we give you thanks, blessed King, because it is in the mighty name of Christ Jesus, the name that is above every other name, that we pray with thanksgiving. Amen and amen.